Hey guys, welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Uh, we have a guest today that really talks about shifting your mindset. And he doesn't believe in failure. So I think we've got an interesting discussion lined up. He actually helps individuals unlock limitless energy and take control of their future by building what he refers to as a bulletproof mindset. So let's get into a bulletproof mindset today with Jordan Boxer. Jordan, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me on. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we, we've got to get to the you don't believe in in failure, and and so so I'm asking. So let me, but let me let me just change a little bit. Let, let let's go in and ask the question: Is is anxiety and pain that you feel when you feel like failing? Is that real? So, I've. Um... Uh, I, I've, I've been into the mystical side of things for quite a while in my life, yeah. um, which is why I'll explain I don't believe in failure. So from a young age, I started learning something called Tantra. Are you familiar with Tantra? Uh, I've, I've heard the term. I'm, I can't say that I'm familiar with. So most people, when I say Tantra, they think a sting and having sex for three hours and you know all that stuff okay. generally. But really yeah. what Tantra means is to weave. And in Buddhism and Hinduism... Uh, there's this idea of reincarnation. So yes. in Buddhism, there's sutras, which is like the slow, steady path. And Tantra is like an express train. Okay. And the power in Tantra is actually alchemizing or changing negatives into a positive. Yes. So when you know somebody says, what is failure? I'm like, there really is no such thing as failure because the darker moments you're going through, you can use those to grow into a brighter light. So I believe in the universe, there's no such thing as a positive or negative. It's all just different forms of energy. And depending on our own internal world, we can shift those negative things into our greatest learning experiences. Um, and one thing I do when I work with people is I actually get them to highlight, like, what do you view as your biggest negatives in your life? So for me, for example, I'm five foot six. I hated being five, six, especially as a man. And then I was like, well, what gifts were given to me because I'm five foot six? Well, I had to learn how to speak better. I had to learn how to be confident. I can walk in a room and talk to anybody. Uh, and it just, you list them all out and you realize, wait a minute, there is no such thing as anything bad because God or the universe will balance it with all equal positive gifts. So anxiety and depression to me are indicators that we're not living in alignment. And one of the best ways, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from this Buddhist monk who's my mentor. He's a Buddhist monk and a PhD in neuroscience. And this guy's been a monk since he was 10. By the way, sorry, guys, if you hear the phone ringing in the background, I'm in a very busy integrative clinic right now that sometimes uh, patients call in. So um, he said, the first step you have to do is I am not anxious. There's just anxiety. I am not depressed. You, you start to detach the owning of those feelings and you just label them for what they are. And it allows you to have a different, you know, a very Buddhist approach where you're not... Um, you realize everything is transient. Nothing is per is permanent. The only thing that's really ever guaranteed in this world is change, which again, okay. now you can sort of have a different association to that anxiety and depression. So, so let's just see if we, if I can give an example. So as I started off with, um, 
I I received a notice and it said my my power bill or my power is going to get cut off because mm-hmm. you know because I haven't paid the power bill and and I'm feeling anxious about that um, and I'm feeling like a failure about that and you're saying wh- what would I do in that situation you, you're saying separate it and in by naming it. Yeah, so this is a great example because, um, you know, once we perfectly balance this idea of not owning anxiety, then we're into Buddhahood or into enlightenment. So there's always that human um, experience we have to manage. And this is where, so the reason I call my business the Hardy Method mm-hmm. is because I witnessed all these people in my life who I've seen, who to me have won at all aspects. They have successful businesses. They're financially well off. They have great family life. They're mentally stable. Uh, They have an appreciation and a gratitude. And there's a part in there called action. So H is heart focused. E is ecstatic. A is action based. So living in this world, you need to have action. So to me, somebody going through anxiety because of um, not being not paying their power bill, they have to now get into action to start changing those things. So it's like, look, this is where you're at. You're, you've hit rock bottom. So you can have anxiety about it. Or are we going to make a, we going to make something um, or an action plan so you can start getting out of this spot? Yes. Because the anxiety you're feeling is because you sort of, for someone to get to that level, they've probably had a very, a lack of confidence in their asset, you know, in all aspects of life to get to that point where they're not, you know, paying the power bill. Yes. Uh, so that's where we sort of dig deeper and we say, why don't you have the confidence? Do you feel like an imposter? Do you not feel like you have the skills to really improve anything uh, in society? Because if you have base level skills, somebody will pay you to do that job. And it's about us coming back and saying, let's now build the action plan to see where you're gifted. Where can you add value? And you start gaining small wins and all of a sudden the anxiety doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's actually a, uh... Uh, a true and not true story because i i received a text that said uh, they're cutting off my power and um account ending this 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 i thought i've not paid my power bill how's that possible and so i went online and realized that the numbered account was not an account that belonged to me and i <laughs> you paying somebody like, else's oh. bill no no i oh, realized okay. that it was a scam there they're trying to get me to click on the link to be able to, uh, <laughs> but it was interesting because in preparation for this video, because there was anxiety in that moment. I was like, I, there was flat out panic. Did I, what, what in the world have I been doing? Who, whose bill have I been paying? And, uh, and so, uh, just thinking about that, it just, yeah. it just went off there. And it wasn't real. So getting into action, I hear very clearly what you're saying. So, and you know, uh, I try to distill these like ancient spiritual teachings into like real world examples now. Um, You know, you hear a lot of this in the self-help world, like uh, life is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. So, you know, if let's say you came to me and I was working with you and you, you explained the situation. Well, the first thing I'd be like, okay, do you have a lot of gratitude now that you have power? Have you even thought of the fact that you turn on a light in this, you know, you get light, you have air conditioning in the summer. Um, if you look at happiness studies, believe it or not, people who live in heavily impoverished areas tend to have a higher happiness index than people who have all the money in the world. 
And the theory is based off the fact that when you're grateful for that bowl of rice or you're grateful to have that meal, you, you have such a sweeter, um, you know, association to life when you just expect like, I'm going to click this light and you, you don't realize like, Hey, that, why isn't this working? And you're like, wait, actually every other time I've turned this on, this has been a blessing. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes. to me, like I would look at that and be like, well, what's the lesson in what you just went through? You just learned firsthand how grateful you should be for everything that you have and you mm. take, you know, for granted. Yeah. That, that is a, a, a great point. And interestingly, you know, there's a, well, there's a saying that um, a I, I just did a water fast, right? No mm -hmm. food, just add water, and um, I did it for twelve days. And oh. <laughs> uh, I I actually maybe about three years ago I started this where I started doing uh, two weeks two weeks a year, and and just uh, a number whole number of health benefits, and because mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to deal with with some health complications. Anyways, I, I just did that. And I was sharing with someone, I said, you know, um, a rich man has a thousand worries. A hungry man has just one. <laughs> it's, you know what I, I actually say, a state, I say a very similar quote to people. I'm like a young man wants everything and, a, and an old man wants one thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 The, the old guy just wants to be younger or, oh. Yeah, be healthy, healthy, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. that's true. And and you realize that there uh, that all of those wantings create uh, create some of your own anxiety, right? Because you you don't have this, you don't have that, and and you sit around thinking about all the stuff you don't have, and as opposed to what you just start off with, considering what you do have. I when when I got that. When I got that text, I was not thinking about, oh, it's, you know, it's great that I've got power. It's great that I've got air conditioning. It's great that I've got a roof over my head. I was not thinking from that standpoint. I immediately jumped to what did I do wrong? And uh, did I did I mess something up? So that's actually that's actually well there's Something there's two things there's two things that come to mind if you don't mind if i share when you're yeah hit, hit me the first one is a quote that i live with every day and it's that comparison is the theft of joy and what taught me this is like you know i've hit a certain level of success in my life where if five years ago i said hey jordan you're making this much a year you have this car you have all these things that you wanted yeah. i'd be like i thought i won the lottery but then what happens is, you know, in my social circles, I have some of my friends who make, you know, seven, eight figures a year. And now I feel like a bum. I got a friend of mine who takes a private jet. Oh, wait, I only take first class or business class. I got, you know, and my friend who makes, you know, seven, eight figures, he has a friend who's making high eight figures a year. So he feels this lack. And this idea that comparison is the theft of joy and also especially if you're a driven person, you tend to live in something called the gap mindset. So anyone listening to this podcast who's focused on building wealth, you are a rare person who's always focused on, I don't have this and you want to go get it. Yes, That's really good for being driven. It's really good to find motivation. And that's why most entrepreneurs tend to be OCD, ADD, depressed type individuals because we're always motivated, but we're never satisfied. 
And the antidote antidote to this is actually starting to measuring measure backwards. So a very simple example I give people is you had zero dollars in your bank account at 25, let's just say. And let's say your goal is to get to a hundred thousand. And now you're 28 and you have 62,000 in the bank account or as a driven person, you're probably focused on that missing 38, not on the gain 62. Right. Right. So what happens then is you immediately start to feel like a failure. Even though if you went to 25 year old, you and said, here's a $62,000 check, you'd be so overjoyed. So it's really, right. this is why, you know, the bulletproof mindset approach or the idea that a lot of these ancient teachings try to tell us through different religions is the world is really all about your inner world. It's a, it's an inner game. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the outside world. It's all how you perceive everything that's happening in your realm. Yes. Yeah. That, that's a great point. And, and even how you described it about the gaps I've, I've come to realize even for myself, I'm always going to notice the gap and and it used to create a lot of anxiety for me. Mm -hmm. Not good enough. Not, uh, not, not doing enough. Uh, haven't all that, all of that stuff. And um, and then I've been able to change it into a game of I can see the gap, and now it's do I want to do something about that? Mm -hmm. And now it sort of has become a game of wh what's that next game that i'm going to play realizing that i may i may never get to i'm never going to get to filling in all the gaps that i see but let's have fun filling in the gaps that i see yeah i was at this um have you heard of genius network before with joe polish no so i'm part of a group called genius network there's two levels there's the twenty five thousand dollar club and there's a the hundred thousand dollar club okay uh, and you have to be a certain level of an entrepreneur to get into the club but it's a networking group and a marketing yeah. group and a, and a yeah. genius network. And every time we go to the um, regional events, Joe breaks us into small groups and makes us write out what is our intention for the weekend. So the first one I went to, I wrote down, I want to get over imposter syndrome, which is the idea of living in the gap. And there's people in that room, like one guy sold his company for 600 million, another guy had like a $40 million exit. And I said, I want to get rid of my imposter syndrome and feel like I belong in this room. My whole group started laughing at me. They're like, welcome to the club. So it's like, again, it's understanding our nature as entrepreneurs and driven people. We live in imposter syndrome. But what you said, which was really wise, is what if we reframe imposter syndrome and we live it as I have growth syndrome. So I'm addicted yeah. to growing. Yeah. Which one feels yeah. better? Which one? And you said, where do I want to grow? Where do I want to put energy into? Where do I want to develop myself as a human? Because life isn't fun when you've made it. Life is fun, the journey yeah. of making it. Yeah. It, it was also, I'd, I'd put it not just that it wasn't fun. I literally was living a foolish life mm -hmm. because I'm being, I'm being pulled by this force that is telling me, oh, I'm not good enough. So I have to do something here and I have to do this and I have to do that all to feed that insecurity right to try to to fight that insecurity and and it stretches you all over the place and when you and then when you look around your your family i'm going to share for me my family is in tatters because they can't keep up with 
you know, Neil's doing this and this and this and this. Now he's doing, and then get some balance here. And now he moves into the next thing. Yeah. Just completely wreaks havoc in your life. And so now you get the opportunity. If you know, talk about it from a, a growth standpoint, you get to look at it and go, do I want to do this? I'm, I'm going to choose the, the areas that I want to move into. So, what might actually, yeah, you make a good point. And so there's three types of people, everyone. Okay. There's three types of people in this paradigm. Let me give you there's, okay. there's sheep, sheep. there's wolves okay. and there's shepherds. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what sound the shepherd makes. Okay. What you are a shepherd. So whatever oh, okay. sound comes out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> so when I say, when I say somebody's a sheep, we all have an idea of what that means. They live okay. in sort of a, imagine, they follow whatever the whatever the government or some official says. They're very comfortable just following rules. Uh, they're really good employees. They don't necessarily want to take the risk to build their own business. They actually can't really plan more than like three months out. They, they, they don't have the ability to have vision past three months. And the majority of the population is like that. Then you have wolves. And wolves can see a good year out into the future. And they'll attack the sheep. They like to take advantage of the sheep. So think of like the shady used car salesman, the guy running the scam to make the quick buck. They, they, they have a little bit more of foresight than the sheep does, but they're always focused on consuming the sheep. Then entrepreneurs tend to be shepherds. So what does the shepherd do? They build the sandbox or the area for the sheep to thrive, but it also helps them thrive. So they're able to big, build big businesses. They can see years in the future. They're visionaries. But when you're a shepherd you're aware of two things, potential opportunity. There's always the mammoth out there. Or there's always something I can go get outside to bring into resource because you can see the outside world, but you're also, you're also aware of the perceived dangers. And this is the formula for 99% of entrepreneurial driven people. And when you describe what you're describing, okay, I have all the, why, why do we want to take on all these opportunities? Because we see the reward. And then we see how even though we're doing well in this one thing, that could all crumble away because of X, Y, Z. And only driven people understand this psychotic or like um, schizophrenic nature of ourselves where why when we fail, most entrepreneurs fail. This is why in my Hardy method, I have something called resiliency. Every successful entrepreneur I know has the story of like, I was broke. I, I lost everything. But then they still have the faith to go do it again. Whereas a sheep doesn't understand that they cling on to their resources. They put a little bit in the bank. They're scared to invest because they can't see the opportunity. So we live in this weird world where we see all the dangers and we see all the opportunity and people who aren't built like us are like, well, there he is again, doing another opportunity. It's probably going to fail. But we know in our mind, we're like, no, no, one of these is going to hit and it's going to hit huge and it's going to be amazing. But understanding that nature about herself, I find there's two types of people that have this the most, uh, or three C-level executives, entrepreneurs, and high-performing athletes. And when I find I speak to any three of these people when I'm working with them and just allowing them to understand that nature about themselves, it is almost like an instant anti-anxiety pill because they're like, wait, I'm not alone. Yeah. There's other people built like me. We're just rare. So everyone makes us feel like we're broken, but, but I'm not. And I'm very... I can walk pridefully knowing I'm part of this small percentage of the population. 
and this is where all the, this is where the most interesting visionary types live in this type of in this type of world. This is why Elon Musk has billions of dollars and is still motivated to go do the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a challenge in there for for someone that's that's being a leader. They're where they they're driven and they're they're trying there's something that they're trying to figure out for themselves right mm -hmm. there's there's that piece there where you're trying to just get to know yourself a little bit better you're you're challenging yourself to to you know can i figure out this next step this next piece that part that opportunity and but then there's this other part where you intrinsically see the need for who you need to be for other people you 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 just realize that somebody has to go first and you you might have spent some time in your life waiting for somebody else to lead you forward and and nobody shows up and you realize somebody has to go first but again to even have that mindset you have to be a yeah. shepherd mm -hmm. and that's why to me entrepreneurship is the biggest spiritual experience yeah because you really have no one to blame but yourself you have no one to fall back on but yourself yes we all know the entrepreneur wants to blame every single one of their staff members for not doing something properly and really it's like you know you're drawn to take on this venture you have to be prepared to have the resiliency to go through the ups and downs yeah. and also be able to check in with yourself and recognize, am I being the one that's a little crazy right now? Or is this really a problem with somebody else? And right. um, yeah, it's, it's look, there's a lot of gifts to us being in this mindset, but there's also these drawbacks. And the more you become aware of them, I think the easier it is to, to work yeah. through them. Yeah. I, I, actually something interesting. I was just speaking with a, a new investor person. I, I actually said I want to have them on on the show. They they're in the process of buying their third investment property, and I said, "You're not new by any stretch of the imagination when you consider that most people never buy a single investment property." So mm -hmm. um, I said, "Fact that you're about to buy your third, you should absolutely uh, be able to share that." And and she was saying, "Oh, you know, it's really hard." And I, and I paused her for a second and I said, think of what that word means. Hard is a word that's used to describe something physical. And I said, you're using a word that's, that's for something physical to describe something that has no, isn't physical at all. You're talking about a thought a, a feeling. And, uh, I said, so you're trying to give it these parameters when in fact the that feeling is can be changed you can look at things differently and if you just remove that physical description it'll allow you to to move on well yeah and it's also understanding stress so you know, again, in my Hardy method, not to sound like I'm just plugging the same word, but no, no, this is great. The, the E is a static. Are you ecstatic about what you do? So every single successful person I know, I coached one billionaire, like big billionaire, and he's in his seventies and he's still ecstatic about what he's doing. So he has this energy to keep going. He just pushes and yeah. pushes and pushes and pushes. And when you, there's two types of stress, there's you stress and distress. 
So when you're in distress, that's where you feel like this is hard. I don't want to do this. I'm stressed out. My heart rate's going really high. I feel like I'm being attacked. You stress is a, is a stressful situation, but it gives you joy. So do you take, do you do any activities like martial arts or do you have any like physical hobbies? I, I have done martial arts. Um, yesterday I took on all four of my kids. Okay. <laughs> so, Let me correct that. They took me on and, uh, you know, I was just trying to survive. So, well, okay. So I don't know. That could be a stressful or distressful or you stressful, but let's say, um, like, let's say it was great. It was let's great. say you love basketball. Time. Let's say you love yeah. basketball. Yeah. When you play basketball, it's stressful, but it brings you joy. It's you stress. Right. Yes. Let's say I, you, I hate running. Uh, I hate running. I, I personally hate running. Running for me is a very stressful situation. I have no joy in it, but I can go to the gym and I can throw weights around for an hour and I get joy. So yeah. is it difficult to go to the gym? Yeah, but I don't find it hard because I get enjoyment out of it. Yeah, It's difficult and hard for me to do a run because I absolutely despise it. So when I'm, when you're, when you're talking to people, again, this whole idea of the inner game, there's a principle that we get taught in, um, in genius network called elf easy lucrative and fun and the people who tend to have very high levels of success of success only work in any project that is elf to them is it feeding my soul do i do i find that i'm making an impact can i make money on it and do i have fun because when you carry that energy with you it's going to give you an extra gear or two that's somebody who's like i let's say I, I started my career in, in sales. I love cold calling. When I say that to people, they're like, what do you mean you love cold calling? I, I despise it. Who's going to have more success? I will. Oh, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same amount of effort. I got to pick up the phone. You got to pick up the phone. We're going to do 100 calls a day. But if I get that little charge every time I pick up the phone versus somebody who gets a little negative charge, I'm going to bury them in the long run. And you can find there is... One of my clients is a, she's a vet, a vet tech and she's, you know, debating to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, do you enjoy training dogs and walking dogs? And she's like, yeah, I love it. Put all your energy into that. Cause then every day it's going to feel like exciting to you and you can make a lot of money because you're doing something that brings you a lot of joy. Yeah. And that's, again, when I observe everyone around me, that's done really well in life, they have that constant thing of ecstatic. They're ecstatic about what they do. And it's, that's how we can get carried forward. Rental properties have no, I have no interest in rental properties. I could go do it, but like looking at the market and trying to figure out where the best place it is and to renovate the house. I'm like, I, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. When I think about building a brand, like I, I built this brand designs for sport, which is a supplement brand. I can spend 12 hours a day doing it because it brings me joy. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because what you just described of real estate. I don't like that part either. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I always share with people that, Hey, if those are the parts you love, then by all means, I'm, I'm like, I'm a husband, father of four. Uh, I'm involved in the community. I've got different things on the go. I don't have time for, for all of that kind of stuff. I just realized it's a, a great opportunity and there are ways to leverage mm -hmm. money and time and these sorts of things. And I have this thing about real estate because I grew up in a 
two bedroom apartment with five people living there and a thousand roaches. Actually, it was probably ten thousand roaches. But you know, who knows? No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Right. So there, there's something there intrinsically about being able to go and look at that and go, "Oh wow, that that's amazing." Or to to have a renovation done and then to see the transformation. Yeah. There is something look, look. Uh, beautiful about that. You know, I've met somebody who sold, he sold his uh, tech company for like 30 mil. He doesn't own a single piece of property. Yeah. I <laughs> this love is, it. This is what I mean. Like, but then there's other people I know who are Physical similar to you. Property. Yeah. He doesn't own, he owns a lot of yeah. liquid cash. That was, yeah. But there's well, um, people who are like, I know some people who was like, I bartended back in the day. This bartender, she bought her first triplex and the second triplex and the third triplex. And she put all of her tips in it. And that was in Toronto back in the early 2000s. I am sure she yeah. is sitting on millions of dollars now. Yeah. And she got joy out of like finding these triplexes and filling them with tenants. And yeah. Yeah. Providing a great place and, and to all of that goodwill. And there's, there's this profit at the end. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's an interesting question I have for you in, in what you're sharing. What drives me crazy is that, and you just talked about easy, lucrative, and fun. As much fun as it is, as lucrative as it is, as it, is it drives me crazy that uh, I have not found easy as yet. Like, I, I've got the mindset that what, I, what I'm doing is easy. But I'm like, when you sit, when com comparison, here's comparison for you. You sit there and you and you go, how is it that some people have this just innate ability to build a business and super easy? And everything I've found that I've had to build, build I've had to build with effort and work. Jeez. And now, now I will say it, it, it does get easier as I as I've gotten older and you, you learn different things, but I'm curious, especially for uh, as someone who's coached high, high level net worth, uh, individuals. So, um, I'm going to try to use language. I'm, I'm stealing it. elf by the way. I no, no, that. yeah, go ahead. Just credit Joe yeah. Polish. Um, yeah. or Dan Kennedy, I think came up with it, but so there's a theory that I've now, to myself proven over and over again. I'm not going to say it's a fact, it's a theory and it's a lot of people accept it. Um, our personality really gets formed between zero and seven years old. Yeah. And we build these subconscious beliefs that we're not fully aware of. Yeah. Are you familiar with Pavlovian dog response? Absolutely. Yeah. So I had an athlete I worked with. Yeah. Who is a genetic freak and he's top 10 in his sport and he won a fight that should have given him all this confidence in the world. Instead, he got worse. Why did he get worse? There was a story he built when he was young that all of his value would come out of athletics. And if he fails, no one's going to be around him. So when he, the stakes got bigger, the fear of failing got bigger. Yes. So when we clear yep. that, all of a sudden now it opens up the world for him to take it on in a lot better of a place. So if you want, I don't, how much time do we have right now? Uh, it, we got at least a half hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So your call, 
if you're open to this, we can go in. If you're comfortable doing it on air, we can Ooh, go in. All right. We can go all into right. where you have this weird belief that success means hardship versus success oh. is easy. Yep. Okay. So yeah. Um, I'm going to get you to do a little bit of breath work just to get into your body, if you don't mind. Yep. Okay. So let's just close your eyes. And I want you to breathe in through your nose. So four. L ladies and gentlemen, if uh, if he hypnotizes me here, uh, <laughs> please, somebody come wake me up and save me later. No, right. I'm going to give you my wire info soon. Okay. So breathe okay. in through your nose. So four, three, two, one. And then out through your mouth. Four, three, two, one. And then in through your nose. Four, three, two, one and then out through your mouth four three two one and then in through your nose breathe deep expand your belly expand your chest and then out through your mouth four three two one we're going to speed up a little bit now okay so in through your nose one two out through your mouth one two in through your nose one two out through your mouth, one, two, in through your nose, one, two, out through your mouth, good, keep going, in, out, in, out, we're going to do one more at this speed, and then we're going to speed up one more time, in, out, so now what you're going to do is you're going to do one and one, so in, out, in, out, in, out, good, keep going, in, out, you're doing good, in, out. I know it's a little difficult. Push through it. In, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. Three more. In, out, two more. In, out, and last one. In, out. Now what you're going to do, I want you to breathe as fast as you can in and out of your nose, okay? So like speed, like a dog almost. Like <laughs> So keep pushing. Just, just through your nose? Just through your in nose, and yeah. Through nose. And so as fast as you can. So speed. In and out, in and out. Good. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Push faster, faster. Keep going. Good. You're doing well. And let all the air out. So just do a big, long exhale. Now a really big inhale. And then release. Keep your eyes closed to what's coming next, okay? So now you're going to go back to just a regular breath. So I want you to actually think about this idea that money and work is easy. And I want you to tell me the resistance you feel like when you're talking about it, like, oh, it's always hard. There's always this hardship. It gets a little bit easier, but it's not elf. And I want you to try to tell me the first thought that comes into your mind. Where do you feel this hardship most in your body? What part of your body? Mm. Don't try to overthink it. I'm going to say shoulders. Good. Uh, okay. Upper shoulders. Perfect. In your upper shoulders. Now, again, I don't want you to overthink this. What color do you see? What's the color of this feeling? Oh, the color of the feeling? Uh, First thought. I don't know. Something like a purple or blue. Good. Purple, blue. What's the shape? <laughs> um, Come with me. And what's the shape? Something like a circle or... Perfect. So you have this purpley blue circle sphere sitting in your upper shoulders. What's the temperature? Is it hot or cold? Mm, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm not feeling any first, pressure. first thought, hot or cold? Uh, yeah, hot, hot. Okay, good. And what's the texture of this sphere? Is it sharp, smooth? Oh, the, the texture as in the feeling of the fear yeah, or the, no, the feeling of the uh, sphere of the circle. Yeah. Oh, it, it's hard, hard. Good. So you have this yeah. bluish purplish circle that's hot and a hard surface sitting on your shoulders. I want you to really pay attention to this and focus on it and really explore all aspects of it. Now, again, I don't want you to overthink this and this is hard because you're quite a quick thinker. What are the emotions that you feel coming from this shape? What's living in this shape? Um, anger, fear, yep. um, something like overwhelm, good, uh, something like not strong enough, it's... something like, mm. like almost like the juggernaut in X Men, you're going against it, right? Like this never ending thing that you're never going to be able to get through. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, uh, <laughs> Something like uh, trying to pull you back or push okay. you down. Mm -hmm. Suffocating? Uh, no. Okay. So I want you to sit with this anger, this fear, this thing pushing you down and really feel the emotion that's sitting in this shape. Now, the next part coming up, again, don't let your mind run. Okay. How old were you the first time you came in contact with all this? What was the age you were at? Oh, uh, the 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 earliest or the time that I remember this most distinctly. Time that you remember it most distinctly. How old were you? I was about sixteen. Okay, good, perfect. Who was with you? <laughs> My mom. Your mom. And what was happening? Sorry, mom. Uh, what was happening? Um, my mom was yelling at me, um, telling me that it was, uh, that, uh, life was hard out there. And, uh, you, you think it's easy. It's not easy. It's hard. Right. Were her exact words. Okay. So now what I want you to do, how old are you right now? Uh, 49, 49. So you're going to go back 23 years, right? 23 years, 33, okay. 33 years, 16. Yeah. Yeah, 33. Okay, yeah. so you're going to go back. And we're going to, you're you're seeing this sphere actually start to form on your younger self's shoulders. But what you're going to do is you're going to shoot this like strong, dark blue from your throat to block the formation of the sphere on your 16-year-old. I know we're getting into a little bit of uh, projecting here, but... You're blocking this circle from forming and you've okay. paused time. You see your mom's insecurity starting to imprint on you, but you came back to save yourself from living with this insecurity and living with this belief. Now you can say this out louder in your head, but I want you to have a pep talk conversation and okay. show younger self you how you know this isn't a truth. This is a fake lie that your mom's made up from her own thing. And you know yeah. that you can make money quick and easy and lucrative. And you don't need to have this belief that life is super hard. And I want you to tell me when your younger self feels a sense of relief. 
let him resist you, let him speak to you. And you're going to almost come as like a father to your younger self and show from a strong male influence why this isn't true. Hang on. I got some dual characters going back and forth here. Good. Um, Tell me when he believes you. Show him anything you need to show him. Any example where you are with your life, all the wealth you've been able to build, the family you have, the relationships you have, show him. Uh, whoa. Okay, hang on. <laughs> uh what the heck was he resisting um, you uh no um did you go younger he, he he's uh uh the younger the younger self is in awe at the moment good um, perfect so now what i want you to do he's in awe he's gonna stay behind you yeah now you're gonna come 10 years in the future you're no longer um 49 you're now 59 Okay. You have more money than you ever thought you could have. Your kids are set up. You're teaching. You're, you're only working in things that bring you joy. And you remember this moment sitting on this podcast where you were able to actually fully release this idea that everything needs to be hard. So you're going to come back now and you're going to help out your 49-year-old self. Oh. And you're going to show him the same things that you just showed to 16 year old self and tell me when he's in yeah. just amount of awe as the younger self is right now. Yeah, let's go. He's there. Okay. So now what I, want you, I want you to focus on your shoulders. Yeah. Is that shape still there or is it gone? Uh, no, it's not there. Good. Okay. Open your eyes. Yeah. Dang. So, okay. Okay, guys, I don't know what you just watched from me uh, there, but uh, that was uh, some interesting, interesting stuff there. Um, sorry, so go, go ahead there. This was gifted to me. I had a few teachers who taught me a yeah. similar technique. Um, and I had a very traumatic ayahuasca journey, so I actually won't do any more psychedelics. Yeah. But through the breathwork that we did, we can have psychedelic type experiences by going into our energy body and removing these charges. So you made up a story at 16 that life had to be hard because that's what your mom said to you. And your mom was your idol still back then. Mm -hmm. Instead of going through life, thinking everything's easy, this imprint, this trauma from your mom's life imprints into you. So we can go back in time and rework this. And then what we can do is we can go forward in time using the law of attraction and rewrite what your future is going to look like. Yeah. And look, I would love to tell you that one charge and it's done, but you make good movement every time. Just there's, we have so many of these charges that are holding us down. And what's interesting is normally I say, go to the first one, but you're like, Oh, this one popping up from when I'm 16. Yeah. So that had to get yeah. cleared first before we can go any more back in time. Any, any further. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. Um, I've, I actually do something something similar on an ongoing basis. Anytime I, I notice something come up, I try to, uh, one of the things about water fasting is mm. you have a whole bunch of things. Your mind is just screaming <laughs> yeah. at you the whole yeah. time. 
And so being present to it and learning to listen to it. And though the, the value of that for me is massive because you learn to listen and go, what are you actually saying? That's not happening right here. Where, where did you come up with that? Because I know that my brain is accessing something from the past. And so I've done this journey for years now where you're going back and addressing it. But what was different about, about this was not just taking my adult self back there and looking at it and, and saying, well, if I was an adult in that situation, what would be like? But that conversation there that just sort of happened, trying to go back and forth, I actually felt like, what would I feel like if I'm now looking at me saying, hey, this is what you've done um, in the future, and uh, as opposed to somebody coming and saying, hey, you could do this in the future, and this is what it could be like. I, I was like, this is what I've done? Mm-hmm. And and that was just that was that sense of awe because the kid couldn't understand that that was even possible, right? And, oh, and, uh, and this is this is Tantra one hundred and one taking <laughs> taking negative charges, we yeah. transmute them into something lighter. Like when I I was doing, I did one psychedelic journey, and I saw physically what like I can't explain. I don't know if you have you done a psychedelic before? No. Okay, so. I was sitting in a meditation super deep and I saw this big um, bluish white energy around me. And I saw it going like this, like fighting, didn't know what direction to go. Yeah. And it showed like you can either take this struggle and throw it and go up or you can allow it to take you and you can go back down into a hole. And when we talk about transmutation and, and alchemizing things like, um, you know, turning lead into gold. All these are really metaphors for turning our negativity into positivity. So whether it's Kabbalah, Tantra, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, mystical Christianity, like they all sort of preach the same thing of like, you can find gold or heaven on earth mm -hmm. um, is what I, is what I believe. And these hard moments can give a really potent charge for you to turn into something positive. So we just took a hard moment where your mom told you, oh, everything's hard. You went back in time and you amped up your younger self showing how well you've done. You've now taken that charge and you use it as fuel to push yourself forward. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we all carry these. I, you know, I did a, I did a uh, 45 day stint where I did this meditation twice a day on things and I killed certain abandonment charges. Um, but it's a lifelong game. Like this is, this is sort of the lifelong game about, yeah. about, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. but over time you start to have a better appreciation because you're like, wait, so like I lost my wallet. I thought I lost my wallet. Um, on uh, Sunday night, I was in Gatineau. I was at spa Nordique spa. Oh yeah. When I put on my pants, I'm like, shit, where's my wallet? And right away it goes into fear. So, somebody just told me I need to check out that place. Two you days have to, ago. you have okay, to, okay. it's amazing. Okay. And I'm with, um, I'm with my girlfriend and she's like waiting for me to get angry, I think, because most people would lose their mind. And in my head, I'm alchemizing it as I go, okay, well, what are, what are you going to do to solve this if you don't have your wallet? Well, you have your passport, you'll go to the bank, you'll get a card, 
Maybe you'll meet somebody new. Oh, you get a new number, new credit card number. So all those old dirty charges you don't want are going to get cleared. And you start to alchemize the negativity as you go. So what you do is once you start reworking these negative patterns, then they're with you in the present moment or more present. Like there's going to be some disaster in my life that I'm still going to go into a negativity. But right. the closer you get to realizing there really is no negative, you can quickly alchemize as you go, which is why I get every single one of my clients to watch a movie called Going Home. It's with Ram Dass. Do you know who Ram Dass was? Uh, he was a very well-known spiritual teacher known for giving these amazing lectures. And he had a stroke in his later years of life. Okay. And I get people to watch it. It's 30 minutes and on Netflix because there's no more obvious example of the exact same thing can happen to two people and they respond completely different. You have this amazing spiritual teacher, get a stroke, lose his voice, his ability to like everything he was building up in this, in his own ego. And what he viewed it as, Oh, it's bringing me closer to God. It's bringing me closer to home where somebody else is sitting there being like, I have a stroke. I can't. And so that's an extreme example, but that's how we can handle. This is why, you know, when you, when you send me that message, like what is failure? And I'm like, there's no such thing as failure is because if you look at these people who build this mindset, do you know Tom Platts? Do you know Tom Platts is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quadfather. Yeah. Okay. There's a yeah. video of him <laughs> screaming at somebody where they're squatting. The guy drops the bar. He can't, he, this guy's a big guy. He can't even lift 135 squatting. He's, he's exhausted. And Tom Platts is like, congrats, you failed. Now the only place to go is up because it's not really a failure. He pushes the, the yeah. goal was to achieve failure. Yeah. And yeah. Like, if you start looking at life like that, like I'm going to do everything I can because once you hit failure, once you've lost everything, there really is nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just us that that journey of it is like it's where we struggle and the ego fights and it doesn't want to surrender. And <laughs> well, I so I have to tell you that one other point you when we were talking and you mentioned the juggernaut. So people that know me know that I have I've I've flat out called myself the juggernaut for years. I was like. I'll run through a wall. I don't care what you put in, uh, what you put in front of me. I'm going to run through it. And I took on that and you get run into some problem. I'm going to run through it, run through it, run through it. And thank you to COVID because during COVID, I had some time to think about it. And I was like, you know what? I think I've had enough of running through walls. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why I've looked at, you know, I started realizing this idea of hard and uh, I was like, there's a door there. I'm still going to go run through the wall. And so I started shedding uh, the uh, the idea of being a uh, juggernaut. And uh, I was like, OK, what if I make what if I live in uh, life being, you know, easy and stuff like that? So so when you just said juggernaut in there, it it just kind of shot an arrow right through the moment i was like oh my goodness he just hit that one you know what freaks me out yeah i don't know where the words come from when i'm working with i i don't i'm not me anymore when i'm working through that with you i'm in the moment with you i have never once in any session i've done said juggernaut so things <laughs> i know it's going to sound strange but the right yes. code is given to me to resonate with you so right. when i'm in this moment with someone 
It's like I'm given something, whatever you want to call it, is giving me the language that you need to hear to process your demons. I call it a demon. Like I'm, it's not my demon. I'm able to sit here and work through your demons with you, but I just allow something else. And this is where it's like, it's weird. I can go and I can talk about a PNL and like, you know, building investor yeah. decks and like speak in that world. And then it's like, yeah. I can also go in the hippie realm. It's, it's strange, but yes. um, you needed to hear that juggernaut thing. That was the perfect metaphor for what you've been, because guess what? If you didn't, if you don't see the juggernaut, there's no struggle. But you thinking you had to become the juggernaut means that you view life as a juggernaut. Yeah. And this is where when you start seeing and it's mm-hmm. again all these old technologies. I call them technologies. Whether it's the Tao yeah. or the Tibetan teachings or Kabbalah or the Bhagavad Gita, whatever you want to prescribe yeah. to, or or the Torah or the Bible or the Quran, they're technologies for us to understand like this the simple truth of like. You make your own world. You can you can live on heaven on earth if you want to. And how you perceive the world, you've made up. And I, and when mm-hmm. I did my ayahuasca journey, uh, I, so people describe ayahuasca like there's a goddess with you. So there was. I took it and she was like sixty foot being in front of me. And I said, show me the show me the universe. Show me where it all started. She's like, you can't handle it. And I'm like, no, no, show me. And I went through this like express enlightenment, and I wasn't ready to handle it. She was right. And it took me two years to understand this lesson. I felt like I made everything up, but you do make everything up. And we're all mirrors reflecting (laughs) that. And like the better, and it's still, I'm going to be transparent. It still causes me anxiety when I think about that because you have to take full responsibility for everything in your life. Yeah. And it's easy to be the victim, but it goes back to us talking about, are you a sheep, a shepherd or a wolf? And like, we're all mirrors reflecting each other. Um, and it's like, how do you go into this constant uh, game of life, but also carry joy with you? And and that's where you see the laughing Buddha as he realizes it's all one big joke. And um, right. you know that. Yeah, that's really what life is. Life is one big joke, and you've probably seen it time and time again. Like this random struggle, you thought it was going to be the worst thing in your life. You look back now, and you're laughing at it, right? It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I actually look at those moments, like that moment that we just brought up. Um, with my mom was easily one of the the most amazing moments in my life because what I came out of that with was I'm I'm gonna go do this and uh, you and I, I remember thinking uh, yeah no it's not as hard out there it's easy out there in comparison to uh, in here my dad's an alcoholic um, there there was a lot of challenges mm-hmm. on the home front uh safety security uh, issues on the home front so that drove me and and at so at 17 i moved out and that was um you know i've been able to look at that and see how much that has pushed me in my life so i'm i'm actually grateful for for that moment and a lot of other moments that that i went through even if there was some pain in those moments. And what you just said is the magic. It was the necessary fuel to get you where you are. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's that saying, like, what brought you to the dance doesn't keep, right? So it's like, it doesn't serve yes. you anymore. Now you're at a stage yeah. where you would like to be able just to flow through life. And like, yes. and it it's, you know, I, I we all have that part of us. Like, everybody is experiencing 
every trauma, every neg, everything comes down to, I don't want to be abandoned. Right. That's the base trauma and it all, and it will shroud itself in different ways. Like, you know, not, not to, but even the example you gave, like your father never made you feel safe. You feel abandoned by your father in some way. Cause what's the father supposed to do? Mm. Protect yeah. you. Protect you. Yeah. Okay. So again, it depends on what religion Guide you, you teach you. Yeah. So it depends on what religion you feel from, but yeah. the Holy father is to do what guide you and protect you. And at a spiritual level, we feel abandoned by him because we're no longer in Eden with him, but it's teaching us the lessons to get back to Eden for us to actually witness it. So it's like yeah. these stories that we get taught, these ancient wisdoms, they play really much into like where we are right now. And um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's where my brain goes. I know it's crazy, but. No, that, that there's some really, um, some very interesting wisdom uh, in what you're sharing. And, you know, guys that are, for those of you that are listening, I, I don't know if you've been able to follow along with where we've gone, to be honest with you, because it's clearly been a moment between Jordan and I. Um, I hope that you've been able to kind of get something here. And um, because because I can say I've definitely gotten something out of this. Um you know, just in that exercise, quite frankly, um, quite, quite amazing. And, uh, yeah. And, and I guess I'm going to encourage you guys as, as w different directions that, uh, Jordan's gone. Well, they're like, how is giving me wealth? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there is something to realize when you're talking about building wealth, there's something to realize that we, wealth is really on the other side of those barriers and those barriers are almost entirely self-imposed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so being able to, and, and again, wealth is also your own definition anyways. So if you, if we're just talking about money, then we're going to talk about what do you remove? What barriers do you need to pull out of there? Right. So I think, uh, you know, I know, I know we're wrapping whatever up. It might be. I know yeah. we're wrapping up and I think maybe this could be a good story to share to summarize. So I was on a podcast called Camelback Recovery. It's a big um, okay. recovery center out in, in Scottsdale for addicts. And you look at most addicts and they're built to like be driven and want more. And there's a, there's a sense, you know, there's one saying is like most alcoholics are trying to find God at the end of the bottle. And <laughs> um, we spoke about this idea of joy. What does it mean to be joyful? And yeah. most people think joy is an arrival point when they have X, Y, Z. So if you're like, Hey, forget about X, Y, Z. If I just handed you a pill that made you joyful, would you be okay with it? Yes. And a lot of people struggle and they're like, well, no, joy is supposed to be the McLaren in the driveway and the super hot girlfriend and this and this and this and this, you know, I lived, I lived in Panama for a while and there was a man I met there named Roberto. And Roberto is works at an organic farm that my friend owns. He's like 6'3", looks like a supermodel, super happy dude, has his amazing girlfriend. The guy doesn't own a lot of material possessions. He has enough power from the solar panels to power a little fan. It's like 40 degrees in Panama. This guy has a little fan to cool him down and enough power to power his phone. He is the wealthiest person I know. 
because there's no, he makes his own food. He lives in nature. He's super happy, super grounded. Yeah. Um, one of my mentors said, there's no such thing as a posture corrector, correcting exercise that, and this guy deals with NHL players and a lot of high level athletes. He's like posture really is just a reflection of your mood. So if you're a happy person, you'll be standing high in posture. This guy has perfect posture. Yeah. He is the wealthiest person I know. Are there mm -hmm. people who have more money than him? Yes. And more resources, but he has found a sweetness in life that I try to emulate everywhere I go. And I say, you know what, if I lost everything, would I still be happy? And it's a hard struggle because of how we are brought up, but it's like taking that energy and saying, well, yeah, how can I now create that perfect life that I want? And, you know, honestly, there's, I want to have a nice car because I enjoy getting in it and ripping around, but not to be so attached to it where it's like the nice car is going to bring me joy. And it's yeah. so hard to explain this to people who are starting to build wealth. They think that's the yeah. escape plan, but it's not. It really amplifies who you are. So if you're at an, and it's funny, the people who are happiest where they're at tend to be the richest people I know because they end up just like creating the wealth. It's not, yeah. it's not like they're desperately chasing every single dollar. It's, yeah. it's something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Jordan, I got to say, uh, not just a guest, I, I'm, I'm going to put you in that circle of, I, I feel like, friends with you um thank you mutual and, uh, i now i want to ask um what what are you uh what are you up to what are you moving into what do we need to you know guys in the show notes we're going to have links for uh jordan so you'll be able to uh learn more about him but but what are you what are you excited about uh that you're looking at it's funny i i, I even now like my my business partner, she's like my operator. She takes care of everything. It's like, you're a success coach now. I, I've resisted coaching for so long. Um, like to me, I ran, I've, I've sort of worked in integrative medicine and um, was the number one sales rep at a supplement company. Then I started this brand with that supplement company called Designs for Sport. And that's like my day job. But I've been, I'm being pulled more and more into this realm because people are like asking me, like I teach breath work and I do you know, I've been living in this world, so I guess I should probably have a more clear and concise answer. But really, um, there's two things that I get lost in the moment. It's coaching people and doing podcasts. So I love doing this type of stuff and seeing if I can yeah. help people um, move through difficult times and get them to see the beauty in life. And so that's sort of that's that's what I'm doing. And um, you can find me on yeah, born underscore. Uh, underscore boxer on Instagram. My website's jordanboxer.com. And then my coaching Instagram is Hardy Method. That's that's my coaching brand. So I do that. And I also run Designs for Sport, which if anyone wants, um, we have NSF for Sports supplements. So any athlete of any level can take our products. And we really do have the highest quality of stuff, like cleanest ingredients, most absorbable. Um, so those are like the two places you can really find me. Oh, wow. And yeah. we didn't even get into any of that side. I know that. that's and that's been a passion for a decade. Like I'm yeah. a very big natural health advocate and taking responsibility yeah. over your the why in the Hardy method is youthful and it's both physical and emotional youth. And I think if you don't have that physical youthfulness, it's really hard to have the emotional youthfulness. Um, wow. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Amazing. We're. Uh, I'm gonna have to share some more stuff with you off camera. Um, sure. I, uh, that that is that is amazing, guys. I uh, I really want to encourage you to go check out uh, 
everything uh, <laughs> on, on Jordan, um, you know, and just give yourself a little bit of space with uh, with the thoughts, with the, what we've shared, even if it's not in your wheelhouse, just give it a little bit of space because there's definitely uh, years, decades of wisdom in what he's sharing. Um, and I can, I can <laughs> well, share thank from, you. from from personal experience, I can tell you that. So, um, Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. And on behalf of Jordan and myself, Neil D'Souza, your host, we'll see you next week. Thank you.